Welcome to the Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast, where we help people help people. Our vision is to support all the individuals out in the world who are helping others become better versions of themselves. We represent a group who create Intuitive Mind Solutions for the challenges in the world today. Human potential has been limited because we have forgotten that our true strength as humanity is the ability to work together. We will stand by your side, we will have your back, and we will do whatever we can do to support you and your vision to help others. Today, in this age of awakening, it is time to bring the intuitive minds of intuitive people together to awaken the rest of the world. We are here to bring together the right people at the right time to create the right solutions that the world needs in order to thrive. The Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast is hosted by Dr. Matthew Bresky and co-hosted by Dr. Adrian Orain and Joshua Baudouins. Stay relaxed, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Matt Bresky, and this is the Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast, and this is episode number 21. And I'm here co-hosting with Dr. Adrian Lorraine. Hi, everybody. And right now we have a special guest with us today coming from San Francisco. Is that right? I'm actually sitting in Oakland at the moment. In, but it's in Oakland, yeah. Right, right next to San Francisco. Yeah. And, and so he's in the Bay Area. And we got Dr. Pete Goldman with us today. And he's got his uh, zone school of healing we want to talk about and the zone technique. So... We're just going to let you have the floor and just tell everybody kind of who you are, where you're from, and what you're up to these days. And then me and Adrian will have some questions for you, and then we'll go from there. Excellent. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I appreciate yes. it. Thanks for coming on and giving us time. Thank you. So a few things um, to answer the question. So um, I'm born and raised in New York City. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And I've lived in California for quite a long time, but I am from New York originally. Um, I, when I was in chiropractic school, um, I was very lucky because I kind of got, I just, right when I got there, when I was in prereqs, I just hooked up with this guy who had been practicing for like 40 years. And I noticed, um, just objectively, cause I wasn't really trying to notice this, but I just noticed that he got better results than everybody. I just, you know, I was only in prereqs. I didn't even understand what was going on, but. I basically had grown up in New York, as I mentioned, and I went to a chiropractor since I was a little kid. I grew up with chiropractic, not really medicine. In fact, my doctor basically was a chiropractor. I didn't really, I didn't grow up in a medical environment at all. And when I went to chiropractic school, I just kind of thought that everything would be like what I saw him do. But when I went to school, which was in Life College in Georgia, it wasn't like that, which I'll get to later. And I called my chiropractor back in Brooklyn and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like I be, I wanted to become a chiropractor because I wanted to do stuff like you do, but it ain't here. So I'm not sure what's up. He said, okay, well, he said, I was taught by this guy, Dr. Thurman Fleet, who, you know, at least he thought was the greatest chiropractor who ever lived. That's what my chiropractor told me. He said, Dr. Fleet was, he got better results than anyone, including BJ, DD, Gon said anyone. He said, I learned from him. 
And I said, okay, well, you're in Brooklyn and I'm, I'm sitting here in Georgia for four years. Is there any way that I can learn this in the meantime? And he said there was a guy, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, who was actually in Georgia near the school. So I called this guy up. He's practicing about 40 years. And like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, he, when I started observing him, his results were also spectacular, like the guy that I had observed growing up. So anyway, I used to go to his house every Sunday. Pretty much did it for four years. So every Sunday, I wake up early, and I drive. It was about 45 minutes away. And it was in the sticks of Georgia, you know, the real rural area. And he was this old man, you know, he was like practicing for 40 years. He's probably, he probably pushing 80 years old. And he studied with Dr. Fleet too. And he got these spectacular results. And pretty much every Sunday for four years, I would just hang out there all day. It was all day. And you've heard this, you've heard the term, you know, sitting at the foot of the master. So I sat at the foot of the master for four straight years. Hunt, you know, if you add it up, it's gotta be hundreds of hours. And uh, I just asked him questions. It was like a, it was like a four-year Q and A, you know, with like a with a real guru. Mm-hmm. And you know, guru, if I'm not mistaken, in, in Sanskrit, it's uh, it just means uh, gu means dark and light to me, and ru means light. So guru is someone who takes you from the dark to the light. So he never called himself a guru. I don't even think he knew what that term meant. He was just some southern dude. But uh, anyway, um, he taught me what I know. And it was interesting because here I was and, you know, I started studying with him in pre-reps and here I was in, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth quarter. By the time I was in ninth quarter, half the faculty were my patients. Now here I am, I'm a student. I'm in seventh quarter, sixth, you know, eighth quarter, sixth quarter. It's very rare for students to adjust the faculty at chiropractic school. It just doesn't happen. I mean, maybe you have, maybe you're a student, one of your friends is one of the teachers. So, you can practice adjusting on them, or maybe you need some credit in an outpatient clinic. They'll come in the clinic so you can get some credit to do you a favor. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the most renowned doctors at my school. And here I am in ninth quarter, and they're all coming to my house, you know, my little off-campus house when I was at school, knocking on my door at freaking 10 p.m. to get adjusted and ask about healing because I was learning something that was just not taught in school in any way, shape, or form. And um, I was getting results and healing that, well, certainly no other student got. That's obvious. And none of them got. And they were like, what's going on here? This guy's in freaking ninth quarter. He's doing stuff that the top SOT teachers can't do, aka Gonstead upper cervical. So that was the beginning of my journey. And um, I've refined it since then. But that's kind of where I'm from and kind of how it started. And that's the beginning of what ultimately became Zone School. So then what, how would that evolve then is, you know, we're all chiropractors here, but we're also supporting people doing other things to help non-chiropractors. So you're also working with people that aren't chiropractors as well. And you, this technique can fall. Yeah. Can fall in synchronicity with other people's techniques, whether they're a chiropractor or not. Is that correct? That is true, doc. Um, You know, my attitude is I just want to help as many doctors and healers. I don't care if they're a chiropractor, an osteopath, a medical doctor, an acupuncturist, a naturopath, a 
freaking Reiki master or whatever, if someone is a doctor or healer of any type, I will teach them a few things if they happen to join zone school. I'll teach them A, the zone technique, which is a spinal cord stimul which is a spinal cord stimulation technique to heal the brain. That's why any chiropractor can use it. And also all these other doctors and healers that I mentioned can use it. And I'll also teach them principles of healing, which they're most likely not familiar with at all, which they can apply to their chiropractic or anything else that I mentioned. I would say in zone school right now, we have almost 900 members worldwide. And I think 90% of them are DCs, but 10% of them are naturopaths and acupuncturists and osteopaths. I think we have even five MDs, maybe 10 MDs. Um, and a few other energy workers. I don't, I don't know exactly what their titles are. But yeah, so uh, I'm, I, I'm down to help anyone be a better healer. And again, I just want to say one thing. This is important, actually. When it comes to better healer, because really, you can interview anyone. You know, you could interview an upper cervical doc or a Gonstead doc or an AK doc or SOT doc or network doc. And I, I would think that people who do whatever technique they do they would think if other people learn their technique, they would be a better healer. But and I'm not saying it's not true because that may be so. But at some point, we have to look at results because results are very tangible. And people come to me on liver transplant lists. That's their chief complaint. They're on a liver transplant list. In other words, like their liver was so messed up that their doctor was like, man, you have to get your liver removed. We're going to give you a new liver. And they're coming to me because they want me to fix their liver. They want to they not be on the liver transplant list anymore. And I do what I do. And they go to their doctor. And their doctor's like, I don't know what happened. This is kind of like a miracle, but your liver is totally healed. You're off the liver transplant list. Now, that's just, for me, like fixing a stiff neck. I mean, I'm just giving that as an example, but I have hundreds or at least a hundred of examples like that. So if you go in my office and you walk in my waiting room and you go up to everyone sitting in the waiting room and you're like, Hey, what are you here for? What are you here for? Like, why, why are you here in this office to see Dr. Pete? Eight out of 10 of them are there for non-musculoskeletal issues, which says a lot because even really good chiropractors who understand the bigger picture of chiropractic, you go in their waiting room, most of the people there are there for musculoskeletal issues. So if people want to learn to get unparalleled results and be able to have a practice that's not musculoskeletally based at all, then zone school is a good choice. It's not a good choice for everyone. You know, some people, it may not be what they want. But what's great about zone school is we have some people who say to me, hey, Dr. Pete, I was already a top-level functional medicine doc. I was a chiropractic neurologist. I was high level AK. And now that I'm in zone school, I feel like that stuff was like kindergarten compared to what I'm learning. And another thing I love hearing is when someone says, and I've, and I've heard this 50, 60, 80 times, hey, Dr. Pete, I've been practicing for 43 years. These docs, are, you know, these are veterans. I'm practicing. I probably have about a hundred of the 900 docs in zone school practicing over 40 years. And they're like, uh, I never see anything like this. They say, you know, I, I was doing good. I had a good practice 40 plus years. I was, I was doing well. And some of them say, you know, I, I kind of wanted to kind of hang it up just because I practiced for so long. I, I just kind of was ready to say, I was ready to call it quits. And like, 
now, now, now they want to practice another 20 years. So I love hearing that stuff. Yeah, so anything I say, and obviously we're going to keep talking about it and, the, and I'll give you more details, but anything I say to you guys now will not do it justice. You have to be in it and then you're in it and then like three months into it, you're like, man, uh, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, that is because you've shared a little bit of the zone technique with me so far. And then my curiosity has been going, I'm very into wanting to know why things work and how it works. And the things when I've been using your method or your, yeah, the, the protocol that you have from what you've showed me so far, it's got me sparked a lot more interest because of the results that are coming from it. I don't know about you, Adrian, with when you've been working with that system as well with the zones. I haven't done it because I, I feel I'm, because uh, uh, I haven't um, uh, purchased the course or I, I just don't want to be involved. Not because I don't like it. It's just a matter of uh, respect, I would say. So when I'm ready to jump in and uh, I will, uh, I will uh, share results. And I'm feeling we'll be jumping in soon. <laughs> well, I'll, say this. I'll say this. First of all, I, I, I appreciate what you both just said. It's very hard to do it without being in the school. It, it just is. It's, I, I, you know, if someone sees like a YouTube video I made or they go to my website and they kind of see where some of the points are, it, it, it's very difficult to do it properly, just kind of not being in the school. But results are results. So if one day someone comes to me, and they're like, hey, Pete, you know what? I never joined zone school, but I kind of saw a couple of YouTube videos I had. And they're getting people off liver transplant lists. I would say, don't join the school. You obviously have, uh, you're doing something right. But it is very difficult to do it properly without joining the school. So if anyone goes to zonetechnique.com, which is the website of the school, zonetechnique.com, first of all, there's information about zone school on the website. There's also a button on there that says, I don't know the exact verbiage, but it says like join zone school now or enroll here, just enroll and you, you'll, you'll see. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, um, cause I just, the title intuitive mind solutions, obviously, you know, intuition is an inner sense because we have outer senses like sight and hearing and touch and smell and taste. But we have inner senses, and intuition is one of the inner senses. The other ones are intuition, perception, will, imagination, and reason. So just to, the title of this, in, intuitive. Um, zone technique, which is the physical technique of healing, which is a way to analyze the body and balance the body through spinal cord stimulation to heal the brain. That's one little part of zone school. The bigger part of zone school are the principles of healing. And um, amidst the other knowledge that you'll pick up on that side of zone school, one really understands how to um, use their intuition. So just mentioning that because I, I see the title behind you. So I think uh, you, might, you might like that quite a bit. Yeah, I think uh, from what I've read about, I've read a lot about your thing. Like uh, I had a uh, situation with family when I was going to purchase it and that put, put me on hold. I don't know if you remember that a couple of years remember ago. That. I remember exactly. Yep. Yeah. And um, anyway, I've, I've really dived into it. I, you know, I've read Thurman's book, Raise the Dawn. Masterpiece. And, 
you could read that book every day and it's it's got golden gems in it so if anybody listening that's a top book for you to purchase as well and that teaches you a lot of the yeah the laws of nature and through that you get to learn about a little bit of the laws of healing and that's where i think how you can put it in words what you're doing with people because from my understanding and this is a question i have for you too in a little bit is uh the time spent with a person isn't so important as to what you actually do to the person. Well, well, that's, that's a, you're putting it lightly. I, I spend two to three minutes with people and I want to say this. I have over a hundred patients who drive over four hours each way to see me. So that's people driving eight hours in a day and I spend two minutes with them hmm. and they're yeah. thrilled because you know what, before they came, they were having gallbladder attacks every day. And their doctor said, look, you need your gallbladder out. I mean, you need your gallbladder out. Maybe not like today, but you better get your gallbladder out like soon because these kind of attacks can kill you. And they come to me and three adjustments later, their gallbladder is fixed. So and that, takes, the- that takes six minutes total. Two, two, <laughs> two, minutes, two minutes times three but they're driving eight hours each way. Not to mention over the years, I've had over 25 patients fly. Well, let me rephrase that, more than that. Let me rephrase that. I, I've had patients fly to me from over 25 different countries and cities around the world. Japan, Guam, Malaysia, Philippines, New York, Chicago, Texas, freaking Europe. So. People are flying to me from all over the world, so they're flying. It's a long, it's a long trip. They're they're flying. They're not they're not they're not just going to be in town and decide to see me. They're flying only to see me because they have no other reason to be here. And then they still, I'm still with them for two three minutes. And then, with your uh, in your zone school, you with when you with you, when you're working with uh, students, you teach them how to discuss with their clients with their with their practice members um the difference because what what happens when you go with somebody that's let's say spending 15 20 minutes with their client and then you start doing the zone zone method on them and then it's five minutes you teach the students how to 100 percent. i just want to say this i want to say this i'm not fixated on how long they spend with the patient they can spend three hours with the patient i don't care i just i'm just I'm looking for the result. The result, the healing result is all I care about um, in healing. I, it can be done in two minutes. So that's, I think, the, a, a wise way to do it. But if someone's like, hey, you know, I'm in zone school, but I just still spend 20 minutes. I just like that. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not against that. But to answer your question, if someone's used to spending 45 minutes with a patient, yes, I will teach them to do a three-minute visit and everyone's happy. As you mentioned, the clients, practice members, whatever it's referred to as. Um, I have many, many, I mean, I have, I've got to have 150 to 200 AK docs in zone school and AK docs tend to spend a long time with the patient. So they've gone from their 45 minute session to a three minute session seamlessly. So yeah, I do better do that. Okay. By the way, funny little thing about the word practice member and client and patient. I just want to say one thing about that. Yeah, good. Because this is a thing I would like to hear. I'd like to say, first of all, I I want to start by saying all three of those terms are more than fine with me. I couldn't care less what anyone calls them. If if someone calls someone a patient, a client, or a practice member, 
good. I, it means nothing to me. As long as you get them off the liver transplant list. Um, <laughs> that's number one. But, but let me just say something about that. It, one thing I find, um, I, for lack of a better word, funny. I find this funny, actually. I mean, let's say someone says, because uh, me, myself, me, I call, my, I call them patients. Or I could call them clients, I guess. I never use the term practice member. I have nothing against, I have nothing against the term practice member at all. It's fine, but I'd never use it. I'll tell you why. I was talking to someone once, and they said to me, hey, Dr. Pete, there's another chiropractor, a friend of mine. And he said, hey, I use the term practice member. I don't use the term patient. And I said, that's cool. And he said, I, see, I noticed you use the term patient. I said, yeah. And he said, he said, I don't like to use that because it's kind of medical. I'm trying to get out of like the medical. It's like a medical thing, you know, like I'm trying to not be very medical because like medical doctors, you know, they call their patients or their, you know, they call them patients. So yeah. as a chiropractor, I, I don't really want to be like that. So I want to, well, it's ridiculous because D.D. Palmer called them patients. B.J. Palmer called them patients. Dr. Fleet called them patients. Clay Thompson called them patients. Um, they're called patients. So the thing is this. If someone just says, I would think it would make more sense if someone says, look, you know, I just don't like the term patient. I'm going to use the term practice member. I say, good, that's great. But saying that they don't want to use the word patient because it's medical is inaccurate because it's chiropractic. Because Didi Palmer is the founder of chiropractic. He is the one who gets to say what is chiropractic and what is not chiropractic. And he called them patients. So to say that you don't, not you, but for someone to say they don't want to use the word patient because it's medical, that's mistaken. It's actually chiropractic. That's what the chiropractors, the original chiropractors called them. They called them patients. Now, if, if chiropractic has evolved in some way and the profession prefers the term practice member, hey, no problem. I think that's cool. I like it. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, we're, we kind of go back and forth between client and patient in our practice. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I don't use practice member. Yeah. That, that don't, especially that don't work in the net, in the Dutch language either. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. It's just uh, kind no, of. But, kind of... No, I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up because it's something I've always thought about. I'm like, what, what is the vernacular that you want to use? Yeah. Um, I had another, <laughs> I, heard it, uh, I think it was an interview you did with one of the interviews you did with Jim Chester. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a good friend of mine uh, from, from Dab. I like, like Jim a lot. He's a very nice guy. And you were talking about, back in the day when Thurman Fleet was uh, just rocking out in his practice that they had to adjust something with the, with the, with the traffic? Yeah, so basically, yeah. Um, first of all, I would say this. And again, you know, I'll, I'll, before I get to that, I want to say, and it leads into that, there's two things I'll say. I would, I would say that zone school and zone technique gets unparalleled results. There's nothing getting results like that that I'm familiar with. So that, that I will say very strongly, and I can um, demonstrate that. The next thing I'll say, which I, which is, I don't feel as strongly about because it doesn't really matter to me, but I'll, but I'll say it. I would say Dr. Fleet was probably the greatest chiropractor who ever lived. Now, again, whether he was or not, I don't really care. You know, like if someone's like, no, I, I'm telling you like, you know, BJ was better. It's like, all right, fine. You know, like I, I don't really care, but I've looked at it pretty, I've looked at it pretty deeply and all the superstars of chiropractic history, DD, BJ, Gonset, et cetera, et cetera. I, I would say Dr. Fleet got results that none of them got. But anyway, not a big deal. With that said, 
when he was in practice in San Antonio, Texas, um, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, the police did have to reroute traffic patterns in order to accommodate the people coming to his office. Now, you guys know, because you guys in your life, you've gone to like concerts and things like that, where there was maybe like 18,000 people converging on an arena. So when everyone's kind of going to the concert, the police are kind of out front and they're saying, okay, everyone here go in this parking lot, everyone, you know, you're familiar with police having to reroute traffic. So Dr. Fleet was just open for business. He's like, oh, he wasn't having a special event. He's like, oh, today, today my hours are one to five. And he was so popular in a small town, which it probably was then, like San Antonio, Texas in the 30s. Yes, the police had to reroute traffic pattern, patterns in order to accommodate the people going to his office. And he also had to move his practice three times because he was breaking the fire codes. Like there was too many people in his waiting room and the other rooms, he, they, they kept breaking the fire codes. So they kept having to move the practice to conform to the fire codes in San Antonio. So those are two little tidbits about his uh, volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. that that's awesome. Uh, Adrian, uh, do you have any questions for Dr. Pete? Yeah, just the, the image on what you said, on what you just uh, told us, uh, Dr. Peter, uh, was the traffic light. It made me think of a mission trip. I never been to one, but really the image of huge queues of people and, and um, like all packed together and then we just a little space to adjust on the table and, and it feels really like this, you know, what you... Uh, I, went on, I, went on two mission, I went on two mission yeah, sure. trips. Uh, both, okay. both I was actually a chiropractic student. Um, I went to Dominican Republic twice and you're correct. Um, Dr. Adrian, you're correct. It's kind of like a mission trip in that sense. There's just a line of people around the corner and you're just there doing your thing. Yeah, it, it is. I never thought about that, but it is similar. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, my question is in your, uh, yeah, in your life, what was the maybe not one, but uh, one of the few results or things that you saw uh, or experienced with the doctors that you've been uh, observing uh, that said, there is something here I want to learn. Great question. So you're saying like early on when I was kind of starting and I kind of observed something and it really caught my eye. Is that, is that basically the question? Yeah, it could have been like in your teenage years or when you decided to, to start chiropractic school. Uh, yeah. Okay, sure. Well, I'd, I'd say the answer is this. It wasn't one thing, but it was a certain group of things. When I was growing up, like I said, I, I didn't really grow up in a medical environment. Our, our doctor was basically a chiropractor. And again, that chiropractor was a student of Dr. Fleet. He was legendary in New York City. Also, I think one of the greatest chiropractors who ever lived who really was my main mentor and the reason I became a chiropractor and I've spent, you know, hundreds of hours with him too. He's not alive anymore. None, none of my mentors are alive, but anyway, um, what I liked about his demeanor was outside of someone that was bleeding, meaning they needed stitches or they had like a burst appendix or something like that. His demeanor was that he would just fix anything, anything, anything. You, you could come to him with any freaking problem that you could even imagine and his demeanor was so calm and so expectant that he would take care of it easily. Um, so when you're growing up with that, and by the time, I remember one day I was about, uh, I think I was about, I, mean, I might have been 18 or 
19 or something. I don't know. I woke up. I was having trouble, like, taking a deep breath. I was having, like, a pain somewhere in my rib or whatever. I was pretty athletic, so I was always getting banged around. It might have been from some rough thing I was doing. But I really was having trouble, like, breathing. I mean, I can only imagine what they would have done to me if I went to an emergency room. But I went to him, and he looked at me. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm gonna, and he's just like, and I was like, I walked out. I was like, felt perfect. So it was just this, these constant experiences with him with this expectation and healing and this very matter of fact, calm, confident demeanor that unless you needed stitches, he was pretty much taking care of it. So um, I wanted to be able to do that. Cool. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome experience. Yeah, to see that calmness and serenity, certainty, I suppose that's the main, main feeling on this yeah awesome do you have any other questions adrian uh no actually you answered one of uh, and the other uh, question uh, you, you've answered it i'll add this if it's okay i think this will be sure. helpful um for everybody um it's funny i've said this on so many what i'm going to say right now i've said on so many interviews and i feel like in the past up until now It hasn't like landed well. I don't know. It hasn't like landed well, but I think I was, I was thinking maybe I shouldn't say it because uh, it never lands well, but for some reason I'm like, this, this is a good vibe. I, I think I can say it here and I think it'll land well. So this is it. I think that there are three types of chiropractors. Now, of course, there's probably hundreds of types of chiropractors, but I'm just, breaking it down to three, just for this example. I'm sure it really is much bigger number. But I think that the first group of chiropractors are the chiropractors who only do neck and back pain. Meaning if you go into their office, you go in their office and you interview every person in their office, you, you say to every person in the waiting room, what are you here for? 100% of them are there for neck and back pain. Now, This kind of chiropractor likes that and believes in that, meaning they don't even think chiropractic can help with anything besides neck and back pain. So that's the kind of practice they have, and that's the kind of practice they like. That's group one. And they're probably not a good candidate for zone school. But I, I actually respect them because they do what they say. Like they say something and they do that thing. So I respect them. Now, the second type of chiropractor are zone school members who are really able to help anyone with anything, and they do. And the third type, and again, I'm sure that, I just want to preface this, I'm sure there's exceptions to this third type. So I want to say that again, I'm going to mention a third type. I'm sure there's exceptions to this third type. In fact, you both may be exceptions to this third type. With that said, there's a lot in this third type, so I want to address it, okay? And these are the chiropractors. There's a lot of them. And these are the chiropractors that say things like, they say, they say things like, I'm a nervous system doctor. They talk about the safety pin cycle, the power that made the body heals the body, above, down, inside, out. They often will read BJ's Green Books. They probably go to Cal Jam. They probably go to DE. They probably get interviewed by Jim Chester. You know, 
and, and they will talk about like the wonders of what chiropractic can do. But if you go to their waiting room and you, inter- and you interview everyone in their waiting room, 95 to 99% of the people in their waiting room are there for neck and back pain. So there's an issue here because if they're saying I'm a nervous system doctor, you know, all these things that chiropractic can do, <clears throat> but really they have a, almost everyone there is there for neck and back pain. So these are the ones I want to help. I want to help you guys. I want to help you because you're saying that chiropractic is for more than neck and back pain, but that's all you do. I will actually teach you to have a practice where even if someone walks into you and they tell you they have a thyroid condition, a uterus condition, a freaking, you know, blood sugar, blood pressure, you know, panic attacks, liver, gallbladder, whatever, IBS. And they tell you they have this condition or these conditions. And they've been to acupuncturists. They've been to homeopaths. They've been to naturopaths. They've been to chiropractors. They've been to medical doctors. And they're still sick. They come to me. They won't be sick anymore. So I'll teach you how to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. If a chiropractor practices enough, if if a chiropractor practices for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, if you adjust enough people, of course, you're going to get your miracles here and there. You're going to get a patient who came in for neck pain, but all of a sudden, you know, they had some terrible reproductive organ problem and they got better. Or your patient came in for low back pain and you adjusted them and they had terrible digestion. Now their digestion is perfect. Of course, you know, you're going to get those here and there. But that's just because of the volume of people that, you're, that they adjust. Now, also, there's some people, some chiropractors that have like a wellness practice. So people come in for neck and back pain, but they educate them to what chiropractic can really do. And then they come for wellness. I understand that happens too. That's very nice. I'm happy for that. But I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about on the entrance form. Your reputation as a healer is so spectacular. On the entrance form, it says liver, gallbladder, panic attacks, depression, anxiety, uh, thyroid problem. That's what I do. So this group that is very philosophical about chiropractic, yeah, come to me. I'll, sh- I'll show you how to do what you say you do, but you don't do yet. Now, the next question is about symptoms. Now, first of all, let's, uh, let's just make this very clear. I'm a chiropractor. I don't treat disease. I don't diagnose disease. I don't treat symptoms. I balance the body in a very effective, unparalleled way so it can heal itself in a way that 99.9% of other techniques and philosophies are not able to do. Now, let's just talk about symptoms anyway, because there's this thing in chiropractic about symptoms. And it's a real misunderstanding. So D.D. Palmer said something in his book, which has been completely misunderstood by the chiropractic profession. So let me clear it up for the chiropractic profession. D.D. Palmer said in his book, it is vastly more important to adjust the cause than to treat the symptom. That's what he said. It's more important to adjust the cause than to treat the symptom. I agree, of course. What he meant is, if someone has headaches, don't take an aspirin. Adjust the subluxations. And the headaches will go away. You're not treating the headaches. You're just taking care of the subluxations and it happens the symptoms will go away, but you're not treating the symptoms like with an aspirin. That's what he meant. Somehow that morphed into chiropractors being afraid to talk about symptoms, deal with symptoms, whatever. Someone comes into me and they tell me they have high blood pressure. They tell me they have high blood sugar. They tell me they have panic attacks. They tell me they have IBS. Yeah, you're damn right when I finish with them, they're going to have normal blood pressure, normal blood sugar, 
no more panic attacks and great digestion. No problem interacting with them on that level. So whatever happened, I don't know when chiropractic veered off the road, maybe it was Reggie Gold or I don't know who it was, when chiropractic veered off the road into this ridiculous idea about symptoms, that ain't D.D. Palmer. Now, if someone says, oh, symptom, that's not chiropractic. No, it is chiropractic because the only person who can define chiropractic is the founder. No one else is allowed. No one else is allowed to define it. Only D.D. Palmer can say what chiropractic is. Only D.D. Palmer can say what chiropractic isn't. So check this out, guys. You two guys, I'm talking to you now and anyone who's watching this when they watch it. D.D. Palmer in 1910 wrote a book. It's called The Chiropractor's Adjuster. He said in the 15 years since he made chiropractic, 1895 to 1910, he said chiropractic, again, veered off the road so much from what he invented, even in 15 years, he said, I have to write this book. I have to write this book called The Chiropractor's Adjuster. And it's not called The Adjuster because of adjusting. He says, I have to adjust your mind, you fellow chiropractors, to what chiropractic is. And in his book, where he's telling people, this is what chiropractic is, it has a 55-page glossary with about 500-plus diseases with all their symptoms listed. And he tells you what bone to fix it. He tells you. He says, if this person has a prolapsed uterus, L4 spinous left. Someone has epilepsy, C3. That He's telling you, here's the diseases, here's the symptoms, here's what to adjust. He just said, adjust the cause. Don't treat the symptom. Don't give them a medicine in their mouth. So that's, uh, that's chiropractic, and zone school has only taken that to a higher level. I agree 100%. Because there is that, that thing with they're scared to talk about symptoms, but first off, if you don't know the symptoms, then how can you find the cause, first off? And, you know, the fear of going into the symptoms-based thing, you know, Symptoms of that people have will improve when the cause is adjusted, and you know that goes into another thing. I was going to. Can I, can I just add one thing to that before we before we segue yeah. off the symptoms? I just want to say one thing. A lot of chiropractors who don't know like really how healing works, they hide behind their philosophy, and they put their healing philosophy in front of the patient's well-being. They do. It happens all the freaking time. So for example, let's just say, Doc, Matt, let's say someone you really cared about. I don't know, your cousin or your best friend or whatever. Let's say they were really suffering with migraine headaches. Let's just say, this is a simple example, migraine headaches. And they call you up, but they're not in the Netherlands, so they can't come to you so you can fix their migraines. They live in the United States. And they tell you that their head hurts so bad all day, every day that they want to kill themselves. That's how bad it is. They're, they're ready to kill themselves. Now, you, you send them to some chiropractor or whatever. Now, if after six, first of all, they come to me in one month, I'll never have a headache again. But besides that, if, if they go to a chiropractor and six months later, they still have terrible headaches and the chiropractor's like, I don't know, like let's say they're upper cervical. Your atlas and axis are in the right place. I took post x-rays. I did the neurokilometer, everything's clear. You know, you're subluxation free. Like that's just the way your body wants to express. I mean, that's pathetic, man. That's, that's pathetic doctoring. If, if your friend called you back up and you're like, how are you doing six months later after six months of adjustments? And they're like, no, I feel I, I'm ready to kill myself right now as soon as we hang up the phone. 
but they got this beautiful philosophical speech about how their subluxations were relieved and their neurocolometer was good. Come to me, I'm going to put it to bed. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying like chiropractors hiding behind their philosophy and putting it in front of the patient's well-being is rampant. But no one in zone school does that because they don't have to do that. So I just want to add that to the little symptom thing before we say wait off. Yeah, the, and the, that kind of goes into where we where my next kind of question was. And I think you said it in another interview I heard you do um, was what D.D. Palmer says that he says, if you're not getting them better in three or four visits, five, yeah, five. Five, five visits, then you better come back to Palmer for, for school. 1897, D.D. Palmer started Palmer College. He told his graduates, if it takes you more than five visits to fix anything on anyone, you're doing it wrong. Come back for a refresher course. So listen, I have no comments on care plans. People can do what they want. They can tell people to come twice a week for the next 30 years. You could have a lifetime wellness. I, I, I have nothing to say about that. I, I feel about that like I feel about, you know, practice member, client. I don't care. People do whatever you want. But um, if you want to learn how to do it in a couple of visits, I'll show you. Yeah, I think, and, and I think what a lot of chiropractors need and over, I've been a chiropractor about 13 years and I feel like I've been fortunate enough to have my hands on probably close to a couple hundred thousand people over the 13 years. So I'm pretty fortunate for that. But the one thing I've always wanted to do is I'm always striving to find out what, what the best techniques is for the results that I want, because if, if I'm not getting the results, I'm, you can ask Adrian, I'm, I'm really upset about it because that's not what people come to see me for. They, they want to come get the results. So I want to provide my, my, my patients uh, the best quality that I can give them. So you'll be seeing me fully signing up with your program here in the next, next couple of weeks for. Listen, listen to this. I, I got something kind of cool to tell you, which you'll understand in the next couple of weeks when you see it, this is going to be a very shocking statement for chiropractors chiropractors, even the ones who get good results, they have no idea why they're getting the results. They think they do. They think they know why. They're like, hey, let's just take, by the way, I'm, I'm not picking on upper cervical. It's just an easy example to give, so I'll use it. Let's say someone's like an upper cervical doc and they have some patients who get better and they're like, and someone says, hey, you get pretty good results. Like, why do your patients get better? Well, of course they get better because their atlas is out of place or their axis is out of place. It's putting pressure on the brainstem. I know how to analyze it. I know how to adjust it. I, I reset their upper cervicals and their, their brain stem has no pressure. Their brain can communicate with their body properly and they can heal. That's why they heal. Okay, listen to me carefully, everyone. That's not why they heal. It's got nothing to do with it. In zone school, I will explain to you why healing works when it works and why healing doesn't work when it doesn't work. And by the way, let's say someone's like, no, well, what about, I mean, even, even non-upper cervical doctors have this reverence for the upper cervical. Like there's this thing in chiropractic, even if you're not an upper cervical doc, you kind of love the atlas. I mean, I, I mean, by the way, I don't, but you know, to me, the atlas is, a, is, is as significant as C3, 4, 5, or 6. It doesn't matter. I didn't say 7 for a reason, but it doesn't matter. So the thing is, um, if someone says, no, listen, uh, if someone's atlas is not addressed, I mean, how could they heal? Well, I don't know, acupuncture seems to be doing pretty well. What is that, 2,500 years old? Acupuncture is a beautiful science of healing. They help people with everything under the sun. 
They never looked at a damn atlas in their life. They don't x-ray anyone. They don't check the atlas. They don't care about that. They look at your tongue. They, they feel your pulse. They see where your meridians are blocked. They put needles in you to open the meridians and you heal. And there's plenty of people who've been getting that acupuncture their whole life. They're healthy as can be. They never went to a chiropractor. They never had their atlas up checked. And there's plenty of great homeopaths. You know, homeopathy done right is a beautiful form of healing. And these homeopaths are not sending anyone to get their spine checked. No, don't get me wrong. There are some homeopaths that might say, oh, you should also get adjusted. I'm not saying it never happens. But there's plenty of people who have done homeopathy their whole life, never got adjusted. So the atlas obviously doesn't mean anything. And by the way, to take it to the next level, anyone can look up the, the uh, annals of the healings of Christian scientists. I mean, I'm not a Christian scientist, but Christian scientists have fixed everything under the sun. And basically, they're basically telling their, well, I guess they're not patients. I don't know what they are, um, congregation members, I guess. Hey, listen, you, uh, you are a child of God. God is everywhere. God is perfect. God wants to heal you. You've just been thinking negatively, but I want you to think positively. Let God, this power that made the mountains, the oceans, the sea, you know, everything like that, the clouds, space, let this power that was powerful enough to create the whole universe let it flow in every cell in your body and let it heal you. Just open yourself up, relax and open yourself up to God healing every cell in your body. And they heal everything. The Christian science has fixed every disease under the sun. They never checked anyone's atlas. So if it was true that the atlas really had to be addressed, then Christian science wouldn't work. Acupuncture wouldn't work. Homeopathy wouldn't work, but it works. So those who want to understand why healing really works, it's all in zone school. That is awesome, awesome stuff. I really, really yeah, enjoy it. You're not going to hear it anywhere else, trust me. Oh, I, <laughs> I trust you. And I really appreciate you sharing all this with us. And this is just going to lead us into the end of our call, but I want to talk, usually we talk about something controversial and I draw it out of a hat. I pick Good. a random topic. But I think just based on what you said, it, it's kind of inspired me to uh, – basically say my own controversial topic because it, it relates to the world we have today right now with what we're seeing with the C-19 uh, bullshit. And the thing is there needs to be the line in the sand drawn between the people that want to give other people the immune system that they need to fight anything than letting people blindly go into a vaccination that has no proof to work when our immune system has plenty of years of proof that it works. And we need to, basically, I want to know how you feel about the whole system and how it's reacting to this, to this pandemic. Well, what type of solution could we offer together? Because if we can stand on a united front together, healers of the, the planet to, give the rest of the people the immune systems they need in order to fight this. This is a situation where we will be saving lives like no other. If we can get people to just understand the, the big picture on what, what it is that, that we're doing, I guess, because right now with what I'm seeing, it's like, I just, I'm, I'm picturing lemmings fall walking off a cliff one by one. <laughs> and, and I'm standing there saying, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And then they say, oh, because we're, this is going to help us. This is going to help the people. Well, I have a, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, first off, 
just an inch. Well, obviously, I never wear a mask. I don't believe in one ounce of it. I think I think C nineteen or whatever it's called. It's just the flu renamed. I mean, <laughs> it means nothing to me whatsoever. Um, I don't. I don't participate with it in any way, shape or form. I mean, if I, you know, obviously if I walk into a store, they won't let me in the store without a mask, I'll put a mask on, but I have no, I, I, I just, I just don't interact with it in any way. With that said, uh, here's an interesting little tidbit. I mean, I think the whole thing is complete nonsense. I did have one patient um, who's a regular patient of mine and he did test positive for it, which the tests are so inaccurate. It's a worthless test anyway, but he did test positive for it. And he did have quite a few symptoms, like he lost his smell, you know, he, whatever. He, he, had, he had all the so-called symptoms and he did test positive for whatever that's worth. I mean, for, for me, that's worth nothing, but he did. He lived four hours away, like many of my people. He drove to see me, worked on him. I was with him for three minutes. And the next day he actually posted on social media. He happened to tag me, that's why I saw it, that he was all better. Like he had all the COVID symptoms, all of them. And then the next day, he felt 100% perfect. So A, I think it's the flu renamed. B, I don't interact with it at all. And C, it happens that someone who did supposedly have it in one zone session was feeling 100% perfect the next day. I think we just, somehow we need to educate, I don't know. It's just educating people more to know that they have the answers within because it's not a solution that's coming from outside of us that's going to help us. The, the true he, healing um, modality sits inside our bodies. And how you describe it and what you teach with the zone technique, to me, seems so logical. And once you just share it with somebody, then it's like that clicks and they're like, oh, so I can heal this myself. Yes, that's the point, that we facilitate the healing um, magic within. And it, it, it angers me because you see so many people that are wearing the mask that's actually perpetuating worse symptoms, creating bacterial pneumonia in people. And I think we, we as chiropractors have to unite uh, – even more together to fight this because if we don't do it, who is? And well, I, think I, think, I think there's a, there's a, there's a fine line. There's a happy medium. And I'm not saying I know where that medium is, but there's a happy medium. Let's say on one side of the medium, someone is just excuse me on one side of the polarity. Someone's just completely apathetic. They just don't care. They're just, it's like, whatever's going to happen happens. They're just completely apathetic. Let's say on the other side, someone's on a total crusade, but they're ripping themselves apart because they're getting so angry, so upset that they're, they're disintegrating themselves as they're trying to fight this, what they consider to be a horrible problem. There's probably somewhere in between which people can kind of keep their relaxation and do what they can do. So I'm, I've tried to find that place where, you know, if a patient of mine asks me, what do you think of COVID? I go, I just, I, I think nothing about it. It's another name for the flu. It's total garbage. And I go, and if you're my patient, you ain't getting it. So forget about it. So, but I, I try to stay calm, but as far as the overall, you know, what's going on in the world, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer for that. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult thing, but uh, we're working on something here. Me and Adrian, our other coworker, we're working on a kind of a, kind of like a 
I don't know, it's sort of platform that's going to help unite the chiropractors in a way. Uh, after our call, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. It's going to be a new podcast uh, uh, episode. I haven't shared it yet with anybody because I'm still putting it in the works. Uh, but it's we're going to have you on our show again for that. And then basically we're going to build a council of chiropractors that are going to be able to find a way to unite our profession more than it's ever been united because that's what it needs. Because the, like you said, with those three types of chiropractic, that's, that's definitely an issue in our profession. And the division in our profession is also an issue that we want to, we want to stop. Here's the thing, just kind of, um, kind of going back a little bit to what we're saying about the different kind of, see, to me, there's, there's style and there's substance. So for example, again, I have nothing against like GE or CalJam. I'm just using them as an example. Someone can go to CalJam and be like, yeah, like it's like a rah, it's like a rah, rah. Like, you know, everyone's getting excited and there's like thousands of people and saying chiropractic's great and everyone's like super hot. And they go back to their office and like they, they crash. Emotionally, they crash. And they're like, when's the next CalJam? Because there's no, there's not a lot of substance behind it. It's, it's yeah. just kind of a rah-rah session. But in zone school, it's pure substance. I mean, there's some style because I try to keep it interesting, but it's pure substance. So you learn in zone school and you just go like this. You go back to your office, whatever. You're just ready for whatever. So um, when it comes to, when you mentioned uniting chiropractors, I think about all those chiropractors that go to DE and go to Calgary. I'm nothing against it. Keep going. I don't care. But what can you do with it? You know, what can you do with zone school? You can do a lot. Matter of fact, I have one guy in zone school. He's in Connecticut. Really nice guy. He was a heavy duty DE guy. This guy was going to, what, I don't know, DEs like four times a year. He was going to like DE four times a year, or whatever it was, 25 years, big time DE doctor. He came into zone school. He told me, he goes, Pete, everything I learned was like kindergarten compared to what I learned now. Um, and by the way, I'm not trying to pick on DE or CalJam. I don't, care about it. I mean, I wish them all the best, but I'm just using examples. I had this one, I had this one patient come once. She was about 24 and she had chronic eye infections. So you couldn't see her. Her eyes look fine, but they look fine because she was putting eye drops in, you know. So she was having, she told me she had eye infections um, 12 times a year, every month she got an eye infection. But she said she, she would go to the eye doctor enough that they would just, they'd say, okay, when, you, when the infection starts coming and you feel whatever symptoms goes along with that, just put the eye drops in for whatever, a couple of days, and it will do whatever it does. And then it would clear it up for about 30 days or so. And then about a month later, she'd get another one. So about 12 times a year, she was using the eye drops for about two days. Her dad, I'm not going to say who it was, her dad was a very famous DE doctor. Been adjusting her since she's born. Been adjusting her subluxation free since she's born. It didn't matter. She's 24 years old with these chronic eye infections. She came to me. Well, once I, well, actually, once I started adjusting, she never had an eye infection again. Just from, just from day one. That's the difference. You can go to DE, talk philosophy, yell and scream, high five each other or high pie each other, whatever they do. <laughs> Um, talk chiropractic philosophy, break out the green books, get excited. But, you know, if someone comes in your office who's supposed to get their gallbladder out, let me see what you're going to do. Nothing. Zone school, you'd be like, yeah, it's like a stiff neck. It's like nothing. It's as easy as can be. That's the difference. And, and um, 
what you said about the DE and CalJAM, and we have that in, in Europe. We have versions of DE and CalJAM in Europe. Okay. And, I, and uh, I was used to go, but uh, I was more going for socializing. Like I would see people I w wouldn't see anywhere else because uh, they're friends. And uh, to be all over Europe or uh, all over the world, and they would come here. And uh, and early on, I would see it as okay for me as really like a, like a party. I'm I'm not going there for philosophy or whatever. I'm really and uh, for me, it's uh, what you're saying about Carl German DE is really looks like a symptom of uh, there is a lack of understanding, lack of certainty, maybe lack of uh, unity of not so much chiropractic is, but the, what healing is, what life is and how, what the principles are. Uh, so it's really about, uh, so my question is, uh, how would it be a zone school for, you know, uh, motivation of, of the healers? I mean, how, how does Zone School play into... No, I would, be, no, I would say, how, how could we um, build something similar to Zone School with uh, physical symptoms, uh, physiological symptoms, to bring it to in, in, into uh, motivating people, make them understand uh, what life and healing well, really are, really is. Zone school, I think zone school should be integrated in every prereq in school. It should be. Listen, I have a, I have a, guy, uh, I have a guy who's, you know, one of the most high volume chiropractors in the Midwest. Nice guy too, like nice person, very successful, very wealthy, sees, I think he has 600 visits a week in four days, whatever. And, you know, he's pretty renowned. He's pretty, he's looked up to by a lot of other chiropractors. And, you know, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a modest, modest guy, very, very nice demeanor, nice personality. And he joined Zone School and then he came to one of my live events because I do have live events. If anyone goes to zonetechnique.com, you click on live events. Live events are open to Zone School or non-Zone School members. Anyone can come as long as you're a chiropractor or a doctor or a healer. And he came to one, he was in Zone School and then he came to a live event. He came up to me. He told me his name. I had heard of him. He's a pretty famous guy. And he said, man, <clears throat> I learned more from you online in two months about healing that I learned in 25 years of practice. And he's one of the most renowned chiropractors in the world. So, you know, um, the, uh, the answer to your question, doc, Adrian is uh, results. I mean, if people want the results, they can, it, it, listen, we have a, when you join zone school, we have a private Facebook group just for zone school members. It's a very cool supportive place. There's no arguing, there's no nothing. Everyone's supporting each other. It has a ton of action. 365 days a year, you can go in the Zone School Facebook group, the private Facebook group, and interact with each other and ask questions. And it's amazing. Like, talk about that's like its own community, but it's all substance. It's mm. pure substance. Um, and uh, anyway, it's very exciting. I mean, I, I love it because I love seeing these guys and girls who are already, you know, doing what they're doing when they join Zone School and their whole life changes. Then. Yeah, I'm motivated. I can't wait to finally pull the trigger on it. So, well, when we when we get off, I have a, I have an extra special bonus for you. I'm gonna give. Okay. You. I don't want to say it on this one. Not everyone emails me for it. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so everybody listening, this was our talk with uh, Dr. Pete Goldman. It was a great experience for me because it's just, I love your confidence and I love your clarity that you can, you're going to be able to give so many different therapists and chiropractors out there helping other people. And that's what the Intuitive Mind Solutions is. It's, you know, where we help people help people. And from the amount of people you're helping from all over the world coming to see you, you know, that's exactly what you're doing. And I want to I want to support that because the more people we help, the more people we keep from walking off that cliff, you know? And so I'm on board to help you with whatever way we can over, even though we're in Europe, we're going to be here to make a stand with you. So we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. And uh, just as we end every call, we tell everybody, what do we say, Adrian? Stay relaxed, everybody. Stay relaxed, everybody. In, in Canada, I'm, I'm a big hockey fan. You, you guys don't play hockey in, in over there. But in uh, Canada, even though I'm not Canadian, in Canada, um, they say, keep your stick on the ice. So, it's, yeah, stay relaxed. Keep your stick on the, stick ice. On the ice. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.